to seek the glory. Exodus 33, Moses, I want to seek the glory of God. And, and, and that's the place that I'm in. And I've been praying that for you as our church body. And, and I know my wife, she gets, I use her every week in my sermons. But believe me, she hears my sermons about four times a day. <laughs> I know, I've said this before, as being married to a pastor, that's, that's part of, I guess, she's a pastor's kid herself, so she's used to it. But I, I pray it all the time. I'm like, Lord, I, I just want our church body to get into that place, God, where we just seek your face. Amen? And, and, and I'm not interested in, in casual. I'm not interested. God, I just I want more from you. And I, and I always ask, when is the last time that we really humbled ourselves and prayed? Like when we really think about whose presence we are coming into. And, and, and when... when how many know when we realize that I have no business being in the presence of God? I, I mean, it's like I stand there and I pray and, and, and there's these verses that hit us like in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7. I love this verse. Listen to this. It's talking about Jesus. It says, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications. Say it with me. With what? With loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and he was heard because of his reverence. So like he's in the presence of his father. We know that in the garden, but he's, he's in awe, the reverence of whose presence I'm in. I don't know if you've ever been in the presence of like a, 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 of a, a delegate or, or uh, anyone in, in authority, but how I many you know there's there's a reverence that happens when you like if you were to meet the queen. I mean, you're not going to walk up to the queen of England and like put your arm around her and be like, "Hey, how's it going?" I mean, they're going to stop you, right? They're going to there's there's a reverence to whose presence you're in. Amen. If if any political leader or the president came in this church, there's, there's a certain protocol, right, of, of respect and reverence. If you go to court uh, and you are in the presence of the judge, how many know you have to address him in a certain way? Why? Because there's an honor, there's a reverence. How much more should we honor and revere our Heavenly Father? Like, like God, I worship you. I thank you, Lord God, and I am so Humble to be in your presence. And this is Jesus. When he was on earth, he would pray to God and he would pray like this prayer with loud cries and tears. Can you imagine if there was somebody like a couple blocks away at that moment and they heard Jesus? Can you imagine if that was you and you heard Jesus crying from a distance and you just heard this, this loud cry of this man who is carrying the weight of all of our sin. What a, what a thought that is. And he, he was heard because of his reverence. There's something powerful about that. You know, and that's why it's so sad to me when people come into prayer with this attitude of like, you know, hey, big guy in the sky, you know, like I'm here. And how I many of we, we, we come to him as he's a mighty God. I mean, he is, he is the creator of everything, and that's, that's so big. 
And, and even as leaders, sometimes it's easy. We can come on a stage or kind of get caught up in the moment and just kind of, kind of just go through it, kind of just go through the prayer like, yeah, God, we know you're there. We thank you for this day. We're so glad. We're so humble. We're so this. And not really understand who we're talking to. But I mean, we are in the presence of Almighty God. And there's something powerful about that. And I've been praying, God, would you just lift us, elevate us to that next level of reverence to you. Amen? Like, this is holy ground. This is, this is God's holy word. This book right here, lives have been lost over this book. Like, people have given their life so that this book can go forward. Amen? And like, right now in the world, like, the wars have been fought over this book. Like, those people in Pakistan who are holding those Bibles, I mean, it's, it's, it's very, uh, there's a good chance that someone's going to try to take their Bible and burn it. I mean, there's something special, there's something to be revered about God's word, and sometimes we don't treat it, I think, with the right type of reverence, amen? I mean, there's something powerful right here we have in our hand, and, and, and I mean, Jesus himself, we are living in some crazy times, amen? I want to show you a word, I want you to learn a little Hebrew today. Let's all do our best to learn Hebrew. How much, who's ready to learn some Hebrew? Okay, wow, you sound really excited. I know, you don't, I don't expect you to be excited about that. That's okay. I, I didn't have like these high hopes, like they're going to be like, yes, Hebrew. <laughs> but uh, let's just pretend and just say we're all excited. That word is the word bara. Say that with me. You got to roll your tongue if you can, bara. Okay? It's not bara, it's bara. That word right there means to create. That is Hebrew for create. Psalm 51.10, created me a clean heart, right? Brah, see I messed it up. Braha, within me a clean heart. That word right there is very significant. I want you to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 11. And for those who are with me on Wednesday night, I'm going to expand on a little bit what we shared on Wednesday night. And I want you to really visualize, like use all your senses again when you hear the word today. And just for these few moments that I have with you, I really want us to just kind of put ourselves in the life of David, who we find he was struggling. I mean, David is this person, when I read the Bible, like there's certain people I'm like, man, I just want to talk to this guy. I would love to learn from her or him in the Bible. And just like, Lord, what was it like to be them? And how many can't wait to someday go to these people? We all go to heaven. I can't wait to sit down and chat with, with Ruth and with David and with Elijah. Amen? With Paul, with Jesus. <laughs> what a conversation that will be. I hope it's a good one for you. <laughs> Psalm 51, though, is a, an amazing chapter. I like to say it's one of the most beautiful, poetic, sincere chapters in the Bible of a, of a person who was struggling with something that had happened in their past, but, but they were, the word I like to use is they were broken, right? David was a, a broken man, and not broken in the sense of weakness, but broken in the place of like, God, I need you. I'm ready. I'm ready for a fresh start. 
Like, God, I, I know there are these things that I've done, but Lord, I've been carrying this burden a long time. And I believe sometimes in the church that sometimes we carry these burdens that God says, I'm ready for you to be set free. It's like I'm in the presence of God, but yet I'm still kind of like hiding in this shame. And so David in, in uh, 2 Samuel is really where it all began. We're going to start there. And I want you to remember, he's a warrior king. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a, a, just a, a man in charge right here. And, and, and he's out on the roof of the palace, and, and it's springtime. And the Bible says in springtime that it was a time to go to war. Kings went to war in the springtime. But David doesn't do what he's supposed to do. Second Samuel chapter 11, starting at verse 1. In the spring of the year, the time when kings went out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel. And they ravaged the Ammonites and they besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Remember, he was supposed to be at war. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw on the roof a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful. And David should have run. Right, man? How many know? David should have like said, I'm out of here. I need to go where I'm supposed to be. But how many know sometimes we find ourselves in situations all the time and we know like our spirit a lot of times we can feel our soul is at war, right? There's like this tug of war happening. We know what we should or shouldn't be doing. And David sent he made a decision. Somewhere he, he said, I'm doing this. He sent and inquired about the woman. And one said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers and took her. And she came to him and he lay with her. Now she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Then she returned to her house and the woman conceived and she sent and told David, and Maury Povich showed up and said, the results are in, she is pregnant. There had to be a moment in his life where he was like, no way. <laughs> like, <laughs> did this just happen? Now, I mean, the story should have stopped right there, but I believe what happens sometimes when we, we, when we do one thing, we cover up the next thing with another lie and another lie, and, another, and that's what happened to David. Unfortunately, he made some very bad decisions as a leader. Not only did he commit adultery, but he then had her husband basically killed on the front lines of battle, put him in a position to die. And, and so now we, we read this troubling story of this, this man who's in this predicament, this man who's after God's own heart. I mean, he wrote, think about Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in the green pastures, he restores my soul. He wrote these beautiful scriptures. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, Psalm 34. But here we have him in, in Psalm 51, David comes to this place in his life. It's one year later. And I'm sure he's been replaying this in his head and like, why did I do this and why did I do that? And he pens this amazing chapter, Psalm 51. If you would join me as we read this together, as you look at it. He says this, have mercy on me, O God. You remember Jesus, right? Reverence. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. 
Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions and my sins are ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. How many know when we sin, yeah, we hurt people, but ultimately we sin against God, right? So that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did I did my mother conceive me? Behold, you delight in truth and in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy. Come on, joy and gladness. How many like to be just, God, I'm ready for some joy and some gladness. Amen? Oh, Lord, I pray you just pour a joy and a glad spirit over all of us. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Braha. Say that with me. Braha Braha in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach your. Uh, I will teach transgressors your ways. About a month ago, I taught a sermon, and, and if some of you will remember when I say this, I drank out of a baby bottle. But I, I talked about how a lot of times we kind of we kind of have this mentality. Maybe it happens where we kind of have this feed me mentality, right? Like I, I come, I go to church. I, I hope the word is good. I, I need to be fed. But how I many know there comes a place in our walk with Christ, and we should be the teachers. If you've been saved a while, you should be teaching. Can I get an amen? I pray. Let that sink in your spirit. And so he's like, let me teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood, guilt line, blood guiltiness, O God. O God of my salvation and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness, O Lord. Open my lips and, I, and my mouth will declare your praise. I'm going to teach you four quick things here and then we're going to go. Four quick things. Of why brokenness is an appropriate response of reverence. It's an appropriate response to sin. And, and, and some people struggle. Maybe, I'm going to just talk to the guys as a guy. Maybe that's a word that you just like, brokenness. I don't, that sounds weak. That sounds, no, I believe that brokenness is a sign of strength. Like, I've always told, matter of fact, when I was a youth pastor, I used to tell my kids, like, coming to the altar is actually not a sign of someone's weakness. It takes great strength to come and say, I need forgiveness. Like, I need, uh, like, we all can admit that we all struggle with sin. And I think everyone in this room knows, we all know ourselves better than anybody else. We know that there's a truth in that, like, God, I need to be broken to the point where I say, I am not worthy, God. I am unable to fix these things, but I serve an awesome God, amen, who blots out my sin, who washes me clean, who creates in me a clean heart, amen. And then what's the result? Joy. Say that with me. Joy. joy. Like joy to the world. I mean, I mean, as believers, we should be the most joyful, not fake, not, 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 I don't want this plaster of fake Christianity stuff, like, but I want to be just real and authentic, like, I have this joy, 
Like, like meaning joy means like I just I enjoy life. I just love living. And so we find these four things, these reasons I find out in these scriptures, this response to God, this, this braha, this creating. The first one was in the verse that said, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Blot out also means like to wipe out my transgressions. That's a word uh, used in the Old Testament several times. The, the Hebrew meaning of that word is to wipe out, to blot out. That didn't take a brain, uh, a brain surgeon to figure that one out. But that's the meaning is, is this, this is like to wipe something out. And probably the way that I can bring it the most uh, 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 relevance is, of course, Noah in the book of Genesis. You remember because of the sin of humanity, God was like very just getting like over, just frustrated, right? And he's like, I will wipe out or blot out humanity from the earth. How many, that's, that's a severe thing. And, and, and Mo, thank the Lord for Noah and his family who were able to like remain on the earth. And so the word wipe out, blot out means to completely Set free. And, and I think as believers, we have to remember that, that when we say from our heart, from our soul, we say, God, forgive me, right? Blot out my transgressions and my sins. How many know we serve a God that blots them out? Amen? But how many know in our own flesh, we tend to remember and recount and keep track of our own sin? And if we're not careful, we can also keep count of other people's sins. And how many know we have enough sin of our own to keep track of? I have a hard time keeping track of everybody else's sin when I have my own sin to deal with. But we serve a God who's like wipes it out, blots it out. David said, right, I need my slate cleaned. I, I, I need you to take this away from me. Like, I can't carry this anymore. I am broken. See, because when you really get into God's presence, you begin to realize Lord, I am not worthy to stand here. I, I, like, I, I don't even deserve this, but God, you're an amazing giver of life and washing away of our sin. Number two, there's a second term that's used here. Number one was to blot out. Number two, the second verse says, wash me thoroughly from iniquity. Wash me thoroughly. Um. You've ever asked somebody to wash something or clean something, and they kind of just don't really do a really good. Come on, let's be honest. How many can we just be honest? You, you're right? You know, you're like, can you dust this? And they like kind of go, done. That's not a real thorough job. I mean, don't you appreciate public restrooms that somebody washed thoroughly? <laughs> Come on, right? I mean, there's something significant about that to wash thoroughly. Like, I don't want a dishwasher that washes half of my dishes. Right? I, I, that's kind of gross. Or, or, or I get kind of concerned when I go to restaurants, and you can tell whoever was washing, they didn't really thoroughly wash it. They just kind of rinsed it all. Right? I know I'm making you all a little bit sick, probably thinking about eating out in public places. <laughs> but wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. The verb is more, what it really means, the verb here means like a woman washing clothes down at the river. That's the, that's the definition. A woman washing clothes, right, right, scrubbing them. I asked on Wednesday night, how many people in the room, I think it was Mary. <laughs> 
I said, how many, how many in the room have ever used a washboard, right? The old washboard to wash clothes. Let me re-ask that. How many in this room have ever washed something on a washboard? You are aging yourself. The only thing I thought they were used for was like playing like hillbilly music, right? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> but people used to wash your clothes and just scrub and scrub and scrub. And then we think it's hard to throw them in a machine. Like, oh, I got to put them in there. I got to take them out and fold them. There was a time when people would have to scrub and wash and, and, and get them, literally plunging them again and again. And so David's like, David's like telling God, wash me thoroughly. You know, I, I know in my own life, there are sins that I've carried in my life. I've had to say, God, keep washing I'd like to tell you today that everything I've ever asked, that like, and I know God forgave me, but there are some sins that they just kind of stay, they just kind of hang on like that old stain, right? Like we have a stain in the carpet right here. It looks at me every time I preach. It taunts me. It laughs at me. It's right here. I'm looking at it right. I see you. And we've had that carpet cleaned many times, and it tends to come right back up. And I finally discovered you have to get way down to the root of it to get it all up. And I think sometimes we have the surface level like, forgive me, God, I'm, I want to do better. I want to do this, right? But how many know there has to be a time in our life when we just get before God on our face and we just say, God, wash me, like, like deep clean my soul, amen? Like, like, maybe you're struggling with something. You're like, I really want this just to go away, God, and I'm really, I, I want to try but maybe what God is saying, maybe he's saying that you need to go on a seven-day fast. Like, you, you need to every day consecrate yourself. Like, get off every social media for a week. Some of you are like, no, don't ask me to do that. That's, my, that's where I feel good. What if God's just asking you to do something like that? What if God's saying, this year I want you to go on a missions trip, and I want you to serve and, and do something for others. Amen. Like, God, do something. Like, do something new. Like, I- I've tried the same thing again and again. That's called insanity, right? And it's like, thoroughly wash me. I love when something comes out of the, uh, and Heather's done some stuff before. I'm like, I don't know how you're ever going to get this stain out. But, you know, like, she's like, let me have it. And, and she brings back something. I'm like, how in the world did you get that out? She's like, well, I sprayed it, and then I scrubbed it, and then I sprayed it, and I scrubbed it. I'm like, oh, I didn't try that. <laughs> I just thought magically if you put it in the water, psh, all goes away. She's like, no, you got to scrub it thoroughly. How many of we need a thorough washing in the Holy Spirit? America needs a thorough washing in the Holy Spirit. If we're, if we're worshiping the Toy Story songs, I like Toy Story, but that's not my cup of tea for worship. I need more church. Like, I don't need this, like, surface. I need, like, God, I just, I, I am not worthy to stand. I, I've been saved a long time, and maybe you've been saved longer. Like, I just don't want to go through the motions the rest of my life. Amen? I'm just not interested in just doing church. Like, God, I want to see hundreds of thousands of people saved when I go to Pakistan. I want to see you in this church do something that next year you'll say, 
I never in a million years thought this would happen. I don't know if the prayer truck was on their radar. All of a sudden, the prayer truck happened. Amen? And here they are ministering to people. I don't think the cause for a craft. Taylor, you talked to me for a couple years about doing something. Now you're doing it. I'm praying, God, that we would just go deeper. Wash us thoroughly. Amen? All right. I, I need to finish. Number three. And then he said, cleanse me from my sin. Cleanse me from my sin. The word here is a reference to a ceremonial cleansing. Like making something ready for ceremonial use. I've done a lot of wedding ceremonies. I've yet to done a wedding ceremony where the bride came in and her dress was really wrinkled and it was covered in like, you know, uh, uh, ketchup. And <laughs> no, that dress, I mean... Destiny's dress hung up for a long time. It was like, make sure no one touches it. I mean, it was expensive. And (laughs) why? Because there was a ceremony that would be happening, and we wanted that very best presentation. Amen? David's like, cleanse me so that when I am in God's presence, amen, how many know God washes us and he cleanses us from our transgressions? Like, Think about, I'm talking about Moses earlier being in the cleft of the rock, God passing by, God putting his hand on his face because he couldn't see him or he would die. Like, how many know, God and sin just don't mix. And so when we're singing songs like, God, I look to you and God this and God that, we can't just come to God with like this, like, we have to come to God broken saying, God, Cleanse me so that I can be in your presence. Amen. Because your son died on the cross and he shed his blood so that I could stand before this almighty creator. Like, I stop and think, I'm like, it won't be that long until everybody in this room, it really won't be that long until we all stand before God. And I'd like to be there to be like, all right, here's five points. Remember that sermon I preached, right? It's not going to be like that. It's going to be you and God. And then you're going to look over and you're going to see a man. And you're going to see Jesus. Because I know I'm going to stand before God and say, why did I do those things? Like, why did I do that? Why did I say that about that person? Why did I live like that, God? And I know for a fact I'm going to stand in God's presence saying like, I don't belong here. Like, I'm filthy. Like Paul said, I'm wretched. I, like, dirty rags. But I'm going to look over. I'm going to see the one. And Jesus is going to be standing there. He's going to say, you know what? You aren't worthy. But my blood covered you. See, David is standing, here's David a year later still like beating himself up. Why did I do, I mean, that's a bad sin. Come on, right? If there, we don't play the game of what sin is worse. But if there was, David, you scored a really bad one. And it's a year later and he's still down in the dumps. And it's just like, I could just see God saying like, get up, get up, get up. And this is before his son even went to the cross. How many know that we have Jesus on our side? And when you don't feel worthy, you feel unclean, listen, just remember, Jesus loves you so much. He's like, I will stand there for you. 
and my blood will cover you. And that day when you stand before God, if you are born again, if you have given your heart to Jesus Christ and you are living for him, and I don't mean a lukewarm Christianity, but I mean you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You talk to him. You're going to stand there and you're going to say, but Jesus, you're the one. How many know that what a day that will be? Amen? What a day of rejoicing that will be. You know, I mean, I'm so glad my wife doesn't say, you know, I remember back in 1998, that day that you came home and uh, you threw the yogurt, all the more than married people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that wasn't 1998. I'm so thankful that every day she doesn't remind me of all the things I've done wrong. How I many know oh, that would be a really miserable marriage? If every day she started off by saying, good morning, all right, let's go through the list. Back in 2005, <laughs> like, oh. How I many we do that to ourselves? Matter of fact, the enemy does that to us, and we listen and we participate in that. We have to come to a place where we say, I'm not worthy, but God, you are, and I am forgiven. Amen. I am washed by the blood of the Lamb. All right, let's go home, or maybe go out to eat, or whatever you're going to do, prayer truck. Amen. Watch your favorite football team. I don't know. Isaiah 116 says, wash yourselves, make yourself clean. Number four, the last thing. Remember, this is David writing this a year after his, his ordeal there we read in 2 Samuel. David said this, I will declare, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open up my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me if I could ask the worship team to join me? He, David said, I will declare. We see in this very poetic, this very heartfelt, create, braha message here. He's saying like, this is what happened. This is how I feel. But this is where I'm at. And he's saying, I will declare how the goodness of my God. I encourage you, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, get to that place where you say, God, I declare your worthiness in reverence of you. And, and, And I feel like when I said that earlier about, I believe that somebody here just needs to, even if it's a three-day or two-day fast or however, whatever the Lord tells you, maybe there needs to be a little time where you just say, I need to consecrate. I need to kind of set aside some time and I, I need to either fast or give something up for a period of time and, and really get back to like what really matters. I will declare. Remember, remember, David's like, wash the slate clean. I need you to take this away from me. I pray right now, if there's someone in this house, you're like, I need my slate clean. Maybe you just feel like your life is chaotic. And it's hard to even see beyond all the drama or all the mess or all the trouble or all the hardship and all the pain. And I know... Many of you in this room are carrying that today. And I pray for you all the time that you would just come to this place as saying, God, I ask you 
to be in charge of my life. I, I, I tried to be in charge of my life for a, a time of my life, and it didn't go so well. <laughs> but then I said, God, I need you to show me how to be a better father. I need you to show me how to be a better husband. I need you to show me how to be a better leader, right? And I just began to say, God, I I can't do this on my own. I can't perform. I can't live because I wear out. I think Christians, I'm just going to say this. I think sometimes we are more guilty of anyone in the world of burning our own selves out. We're like on this wheel of, we feel like we're on this wheel of performance. Like I have to measure up. I have to be on this performance wheel. And and that in itself is religion. We just feel like we have to do a certain thing to please people. It's not that at all. It's, It's quite the opposite where we come to this place of brokenness. We're like, I can't do it all on my own. There's freedom in saying that. I want you to understand there's freedom when you say, I can't do it on my own, but I know the one who can. And I know if I just say, create in me a clean heart, wash me, cleanse me, blot out, purge, renew. Father, I pray that word renew over this place. A season of renewal. As we are getting ready to celebrate Christmas and a new year, let it be a new us, a new you. And Lord, I, I don't want another cliche. We don't want another tagline. We don't want another just like feel good moment. We really need a transformation of the heart. A heart transplant. Maybe you need a, a mind transplant. Maybe you just struggle with thoughts, images. And you say, I just struggle with these feelings of of. of stress or anger all these other issues Lord God I pray let's just ask God Father we ask that you would just wipe out, cleanse renew, wash us so God that we can live a life that someday we will stand before you and be like I didn't do things perfect but I I, I did my best Paul, I, I, he said to the young pastor Timothy, right? I have fought the good fight. Second Timothy, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Let's keep the faith. Lord, now I pray a blessing over this church, over every single person here, God, that, Lord, that you would use us to be generous, to, to be lovers of you, God, lovers of you. Stir the fire, God. We ask that you would fan the flame in our lives. And Lord, now I say as we release from this place today, God, that you will put in our hearts something that we need to do in our life, whether that be to go on a fast or to literally just read the whole book of Isaiah or hope, whatever God tells you, just, just say, God, what is it? And I will do it. And God, that you will take us to new levels to know you. In Jesus' name, I pray this. Amen. Amen. Now, I, I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to give Willis a set. He's going to make an announcement. Is I, I, want, I want to ask you this. Will you do this? If somebody in this house says, I'm going to do something, I love hearing testimonies. Come to me in a week or two and say, you know what? I did. I went on a fast and or I, I read the book of Jeremiah or I read, Jeremiah is a good one. It's a tough one, but it's a good one. Uh, whatever. I want you. 
please share that with me. Text me, email me, whatever. Just I want to hear what God is doing in your life. Okay? Let me know. And maybe some of you say, you know what? I'm gonna do, I'm gonna give something up for a week. Just do it. I would love to hear your testimonies and celebrate with you. Amen. God's gonna do great things. Amen. God bless you. Willis is gonna make an announcement. I'm gonna let him dismiss you. It's like a five-minute, I'm kidding. It's a short announcement. God bless you. We love you.